Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to The Social Circus, where every week we dive into a variety of topics covering social media, mindset, and how to run your business. I hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hello there, and welcome to episode 70 of The Social Circus. Um, I'm your host, Sarah Thompson, and we are into episode seven of Meta Month. And Meta Month started last week, obviously episode 69, And over the next few weeks, what I'm going to be doing is taking a deep dive into Meta, aka Facebook. And today we're going to be having a look at Meta ads and how do we use them in our business? Um, Why should we be using them? What do they mean for our business? All that kind of information. So it's going to be a really interesting episode, um, ideal for your business if you have been thinking about running ads on Meta or if you haven't even got to that point yet or if you've been running them and you're not really sure if they're doing a great job or not, I'm going to give you a little bit of background information in today's episode. So let's start with talking about um, Meta ads. So as you would know from last week, um, Meta is the name that the parent company for Facebook officially has and they're moving a lot of their um, like their assets from having Facebook in their name to having Meta in their name. So we were going to be calling them Meta ads because that is definitely what they refer to. And I'm going to explain to you a little bit about how they work. So would you believe Meta ads were actually introduced to the platform, obviously to Facebook in those days in 2007. So that is a very long time for advertising to have been available. And I guess if you're thinking that you haven't been using ads, um, you still have it in your mind that there's something new or different. You really need to change your mindset on that because meta ads have been around for a long time and they absolutely should be part of your marketing mix, i.e. the different ways in which you do organic and paid advertising. So when I talk about marketing, I want you to understand that advertising is simply a subset of marketing. It is a type of marketing, but it always involves the spending of money, which is why it makes it paid advertising or advertising rather than organic strategies. Now, it is fair to say that as small business owners, we tend to stay in the safe zone, which is in organic marketing. And I guess we do this because we perceive that there is not a cost associated with organic marketing. And in some respects, that is correct, because there is no actual money that exchanges hands when you do organic um, marketing. But what I do want you to think about is that whenever you do organic marketing, there are costs associated with that that involve your time and your effort that you have to put into it. So don't be mistaken in thinking that um, marketing is free. There is always a cost, but it might not necessarily be in the monetary form. It can be in your time and your effort. So always consider those when you're assessing different types of marketing strategies, particularly organic ones, because we often just perceive them as being free and that is absolutely not the case. Now, I obviously have been in marketing and advertising my entire adult career since I graduated from uni last last century. <laughs> so I've worked in it for a very long time. And needless to say, in my early days in um, marketing, I worked in corporate marketing, um, our, our budget, our advertising was not spent on digital. It was such a small component of it. Um, and the budget that we did spend was typically spent on websites, which is probably the only digital presence that um, businesses often had sort of 20, 25 years ago. So, um, you know, the marketing mix that we had when we looked at traditional marketing, let's say 20 plus years ago, was really looking at our traditional medium. So TV, print, radio, outdoor. They were by and large where most of the advertising dollars were spent. And 
This has naturally changed over the years and we have seen a massive increase in digital advertising and what that looks like. Now, the reason for our transition from traditional um, advertising platforms to our digital platforms is not simply about the rise of social media. It is a broader context that can be applied to it. So if we think about traditional media and the fact that it was things like TV and radio and print like newspaper and magazines, um, those have changed so, so much. Um, and I don't want to dive into all of them, but if we just look at a couple, let's talk about print, which was newspapers and magazines. Um, I was recently at the airport and I was so shocked to see there are almost no magazines anymore. The magazines that exist are very niche. Um, they are not our kind of weekly publications, monthly publications that we're used to. They're in very specific niche areas that apply to people who are looking for special interest content. So magazines are dying a, um, I would say quite a slow death. I thought they would be gone by now, if I'm honest, but they're hanging in there. And um, for advertisers, this was a massive way of connecting with their audience was magazines. If we look at newspapers, um, again, seeing a very sharp decline in those. The only person I know who actually reads a newspaper is my mum. So, you know, it is very much that boomer generation that still consume their news through that traditional newspaper medium. So those have changed a lot. But if we want to look at things like TV, I'm hearing you say, but we have more TVs in our homes than we did 20 years ago. Absolutely we do. But what has changed is the way in which we consume the content that is pushed through our TVs. So uh, when I was growing up, um, we had one TV in our household. And then when I was a teenager, we actually had a second TV. So our little black and white TV became the second TV. Now there were, I grew up in the country, so there was two TV stations that you could watch and you basically as a family had to get it, go to a consensus on this as to what are we going to watch together? And when I say consensus, you either have a conversation or an argument, quite often it was arguments about what we were going to watch on TV. And interestingly, what we watched on TV meant that we often sat at the TV and we sat through commercial breaks and we sat through advertising. So we were very easy in terms of where do we find our audience and how do we put ads in front of them? So from an advertiser's perspective, 20, 30 years ago, it was happy days. Um, TV was incredibly reliable. You could reach a massive amount of the general population um, by having ads in TV breaks in high rating TV shows. If you think about that now and what does that look like and you think about your own household, um, the whole viewing market has evolved and changed. And we now have pretty much endless choice as to watch to watch. So we have so many more channels than those ones that I grew up with. We have, I don't even know how many streaming services we have, but just way more than anyone could ever consume. And then there are all the apps that all the major TV stations also have that give you lots of different channels to choose from as well. And what this has really done is it has fragmented our viewing habits. So once upon a time, if you wanted, you know, a good chunk of the population to see your ad, you would put it first in break um, during the six o'clock news. Um, and that was really reliable. Now, um, we don't even sit and watch the news in my family because we all consume news in different ways on different platforms. So how that, you know, how that looks for us as advertisers is really, really problematic. So add to the change in our viewing habits, the rise in the number of devices in our homes. So I'm not talking about the fact that we just have a single TV and now we have multiple TVs. We now all have our own devices 
that we can also watch content on. So this means there is no need to compromise any longer on what we watch. So this can be a good and a bad thing because it means your family is splintered off into their own spaces watching their own content. But it also means that the people who are watching that show are probably the ideal customer for that show rather than say when I was a child I would have had to watch the news because my mum was watching it. Um, now the people sitting in front of the screen are likely to be the ideal customer or the ideal target for that particular show, which means that advertising placed in those can be more accurate and better targeted because the people who are watching it, there's no periphery people there. The people who are watching it are what the show is probably targeted at. So all of this has meant that it has a really negative impact on how we watched um, content and it's really made it harder for advertisers who rely on traditional media to connect with their audience. <clears throat> so what we've seen is on top of all these changes in our homes and our habits, what we also know to be true is that we spend so much time on social media every single day. Now, again, this has been on the rise for years and years. Um, Meta as a company did not wake up and have three, you know, two billion different accounts and profiles. Um, it has been happening slowly and surely and steadily. And um, the reality of change is that change happens slowly. But what happens is we ignore it until it suddenly becomes like a tidal wave. And I think we're now at a point that things have changed so significantly for us as business owners, we absolutely cannot ignore social media. Okay. So what we know is that when it comes to social media, our eyes are glued to our screens and our devices, and we are absolutely addicted to that scroll. Okay. And that has meant positive and negative things. And today's podcast is not a social commentary on whether or not I think social media is a good or a bad thing. Um, I have mixed views on it. Personally, I think it's a bad thing. Professionally, I think it's a great thing because I've built my whole business around it. But what we know to be true about social media is that there are just so many eyeballs on the screens scrolling that it is such great news for us as digital advertisers. The more time we spend on social media, the more ads can be delivered to us. So really, really interesting when you think about it that way. So it is anticipated that Meta, the parent company of Facebook, is going to make this financial year, so um, 2023, they'll make about 120 billion US dollars in ad revenue. Now, if you think about the fact that prior to 2007, they didn't even have that opportunity to make that kind of money. This is not additional ad spend. It's not like I've gone, oh, I'm never spending money on ads. Now I'm going to spend it on Meta ads. We are moving money around. So, you know, once upon a time as a big company, we might have spent money on TV, print and radio, and now we spend it on Meta, Google and TikTok, for example. So the money hasn't um, just materialized out of our marketing budgets. It has been reallocated. And it is, as we know, it is advertising that drives those beautiful, big, glossy magazines. The first what, eight pages were filled with ads. So it is advertising that pays for these mediums. And if the advertising moves, the platforms have to move as well. So I think we're going to see things continue to change and continue to become more and more competitive in terms of how do we, how do, how a show is made and how do we consume our content. And so we, with streaming services, we pay for the privilege of having that service. And as a result, we expect not to have advertising in there. So it really is exciting for us as consumers, but it's really tough as advertisers to get out there and find our audience because we can't be putting our ads in commercial breaks because 
by and large, they don't exist anymore, which is really, really interesting. So if we go back to Meta and their billions that they currently make every single year on advertising, they still only hold a small, like a, you know, a small share of the market in terms of digital. They only hold about 13% market share. The dominant player is obviously Google, who was first to the market with advertising and still remains a really dominant force with advertising because so many people use Google. Again, I have talked a little bit about this when I talk about chat GPT and AI. I think things are going to continue to change and evolve in this space. So if you're using Google ads, um, and I always say this about anything, please make sure it's not the only thing you rely on in your business. Maybe spread your spend across, you know, Google, Meta, and maybe TikTok or Amazon. Um, you know, spread your spending out so that you don't become reliant on one platform. That's one of the mistakes that people make is that they think, oh, Meta's working so well. I'm going to run all my ads through there. Something changes, the algorithm changes, and suddenly your ads are no longer working and all of your sales start to dry up. So keep in mind, we still always want that diversity in our advertising spend. And, you know, like I said, in years gone by, that was on, you know, TV, print, radio, outdoor, so completely different platforms. And now we want to consider, you know, making sure our advertising spend is split across, you know, Google, Meta, and potentially TikTok. Um, Google obviously includes YouTube, and you might even want to look at things like Amazon. So lots of big players out there. And it's really, really interesting to see um, how that's going to continue to evolve and change. And I guess none of us really know what the future is going to hold when it comes to advertising and what's going to be working and what's not. But here's what I want you to think about in terms of why would you be running ads on Meta as opposed to other platforms? So my first comment is you don't. You definitely want to be spreading, spreading oh my goodness, speak there, spreading your spend across multiple platforms. So Always consider Google because they still are dominant. Google ads still get delivered to millions and millions of people every day. They are highly effective, highly targeted. When it comes to Meta, they have a massive audience. So every month, Meta platforms reach 3 billion people out of 8 billion people on the planet. So this means your ad can really, really get seen. Now, the other benefit of Meta is that your ads can be placed in multiple placement opportunities. So um, within each platform, you can place them in different locations, but their major platforms for them are obviously Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, and Audience Network. Now, Audience Network is a collaboration with our apps where we see ads in apps. And again, this allows you to reach people in a really targeted way. Now, I think the secret source, well, I know the secret source with, with why ads are so successful and why they work so well is really about data and the data that we are able to access when it comes to placing our ads. Now, it should be no surprise to any of you, hopefully, uh, that these big companies collect data on us at all times as users. So this means that we are being watched and we are being monitored by the platform. Now, there are lots of schools of thought as to why they do this, like they're some sort of evil, nefarious overlord that wants to take over the world. Um, in truth, <laughs> these are capitalist organizations whose job is to make money for their shareholders. And the way in which Meta makes money is by having advertisers like us place our ads on their platform. So their evil plan is to get us to place more ads by making ad placements really effective. The way in which they do this is by continuous improvement of ads manager. So it's easier for us to use, but it's in the data that we can access and this is what is really, really important for you to understand. 
as users, our data has been collected every single time. So every time I send a message, every time I like a comment, make a comment, share a post, do different activities, all of that is being monitored. And in advertising and marketing, what we do is we cluster people together. Now, um, from the general public's population, like um, perspective, this is considered to be quite, people don't like to think that they're like other people. They like to think that they're unique and interesting. And so in marketing, we've always clustered groups together to make what we call a target audience or like our ideal customer. Now, the ads on Meta allow us to go and find these people because they are collecting this data on everyone all the time. So whilst I am an individual and some of my behavior might be unique, by and large, there are other people out there behaving identically to me. Now, if you watch any um, documentaries about Facebook and Meta, it's pretty chilling when they say things like they can predict <laughs> um, when you might go searching up old friends based on your behavior. So you're giving off certain signals that might tell them that maybe you're a little bit unhappy, maybe you're a bit discontent. And it is able to predict things like that. And I'd like to think that I'm again, interesting. And yet I'm sure the algorithm can look at my behavior and determine what it is that I'm doing. So I've just been on holidays to Bali and it would be reasonable to think I'd love to go on another holiday. So it would be a good predictor to put some, maybe some advertising in front of me to do with Bali. Okay. So it is very, very clever in the way in which it works. As an advertiser, this is really exciting because particularly um, when we were doing things like TV advertising in days gone by, the TV networks would definitely give us demographic information on the people who are watching TV, but it was never as detailed as what it is now. And from my perspective, having worked in marketing advertising, you know, pre and post digital, um, I get really excited by that because one of the things that I think is a little bit soul destroying as a small business is that if you're approaching traditional advertising, what happens is you create your ad, you place it for six months. And at the end of six months, when all of your advertising budget is spent, you then get to review and audit how it has performed. Now, if you're working for a big company, that's fine because that's how marketing works. But when you're a small business, spending all of your advertising money and not knowing until it's all gone, how it has performed is really daunting. And one of the things I think I love the most about meta ads is my ability to spend a small amount of money. And within say one to two weeks, I have enough data to tell me that ad is working. It is not working. It needs reviewing. It needs refining. And to me, that is incredibly exciting because I don't have to spend all of my money and I don't have to wait to the end to see if my creative work, to see if different aspects of my ad hit the mark with my audience. I can do that testing and refining in a very nimble fashion. And this is one of the reasons we get such good results with ads is that we can keep refining and we can keep, keep kind of improving our ads so they perform better. So if you're thinking about running ads, remember our big digital platforms collect lots of data on us. And this makes our opportunity to find our ideal customer through advertising a whole lot simpler. So one of the big benefits of that digital is the ability to find your people out there. It is a big planet, but if we understand who our ideal customer is, we can put in that information into our ad setup to help us find them. So I know that my ideal customer are female entrepreneurs, so I can look for women who own, run their own business, who might be Facebook page admins. And then I might, they might be like, if I've done research, most of them work at home. 
Um, most of them use Apple devices. Most of them might have a family with older children in it and their age might range from 35 to 60. So getting a bit close to your audience and understanding who they are is absolutely the first step in understanding advertising. I want to close up with um, one of the things that I see all the time and it comes back to marketing fundamentals is thinking that your business is targeting everybody. It simply is not. With advertising and marketing, we want to target the people who are most likely to buy from us. So if you think about it like that, think about who bought from you, who is the easy sell, who is easily converted, who becomes your super fan and buys lots of things from you. When you understand that, it is never everyone. Okay, so remember the starting point when you are running your ads is to understand who your audience is. That is so, so key. Because then when you get into Ads Manager and you say, oh, I'd like to target women, women aged um, 35 to 60, you can start to really hone in and find those people who are likely to buy from you. So that's kind of my hot tip for you. Um, that brings us to the end of today's episode. And what I want you to know is next week, what I'm going to be doing is going to be doing an episode on meta ads. And I'm going to be looking at the top mistakes I think people make when they're running ads on meta and what the answer is to that. So I hope you're enjoying meta month. Um, as I said, this is episode two. Um, I think I'm going to do four, but I might do five. So don't hold me to that. Um, and we're going to see how it all unravels. But like I said, today was an intro to meta ads. Next week, we're going to be looking at the top mistakes people make when they're running ads through Meta. So thank you for tuning in to episode 70 of The Social Circus. I hope you have enjoyed learning a little bit more about Meta ads and I'll look forward to chatting to you the same time next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Social Circus. As your host, Sarah Thompson, I am thrilled that you've chosen to spend your time hanging out with me. I would be so grateful if you could spare an extra moment to go and leave me a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you even felt more excited, you could share my podcast with your friends who you think would get great value from it. Thanks so much again for tuning in.